0: Fam, I wish y'all it. could see me. I'm doing a June bug on that. We okay. might have to film a video of us dancing to this. and post it. June bug on that beat. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rooted Life Podcast. It's your girls, Dorian and Morgan. And, uh, you know, this is the Rooted Life, where we're mm-hmm. all about... Being Rooted, obviously, but helping people pursue wholeness in the areas of faith and relationships. And we do this through the podcast. We're on Instagram at Rooted by Podcast. We got the devotional on YouVersion Bible app, a partnership with Stand Unshaken, so many more things. Mo, how you feeling on this lovely day? I'm feeling
1: great. It's a beautiful day. Get a do lovely the po- day. lovely day. Lo- See, I popped in there <laughs> Come time. on. There lovely she go. Day. She know what's lovely up. Lovely day. Come on. Lovely day. Hi. Lovely day. Hey. We're doing the old one of Kirk. I know you're th- going through lovely- some stuff now. Oh. I didn't know if you were going to do the Kirk Franklin or the Bill. Whittles. I just was going to do the hook again. I uh, don't know the actual verses, but you seem to know it. I know you're going through some stuff now. Yeah, you feel like getting rough now. Uh-huh. Times are tough now. But how can you run if you don't crawl? How can you walk at first? If- no, that's not it. I mixed it up. You have to that's walk before like- you. Run. Okay. Okay, we're getting back. All right, guys. I'm feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> obviously I love doing this with this crazy girl right here um and this season has been so fun just using all of our personal experiences all of the mistakes girl all of our private Mm. conversations and making into a podcast season (laughs) all about friendships yes and to be able to help people through our mistakes honestly is such a gift from God so I feel very blessed to be doing this with you today as always um and last episode wow Mm. really good funhouse really friendships good. was really fun just talking about those friendships that look one way on the outside but mm-hmm. are challenging and tricky once you enter them so and we talked about how you navigate friendship with folks you have romantic feelings for mm. and friendship with your siblings so if y'all haven't listened to that please 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 check that out
0: yes and I just want to make sure that we recognize the creative mastermind behind that funhouse mm-hmm. episode Mo you really killed that with that concept um, and I just love working with such a creative partner so mm-hmm. yeah y'all I know we, we tell y'all every week like go back and listen to the episode but for real that one was something special so really go was. back and listen speaking of going back uh let's get into the last week of our lives and uh the glows and grows we okay off.
1: well we talked about this maybe but our church does this thing called sabbath where we're, mm-hmm. people who work for church we're off for about i don't know 12 days mm-hmm. counting 13 <laughs> and it just was really nice to just close down shop yes and to just relax, so I was at the pool. I yeah. read. I went to the museum. I went dancing with friends. Mm-hmm. I went to breakfast on a weekday.
0: Ooh,
1: wow! I mean, eating tacos at ten a.m. outside—like this is mm-hmm. really a dream. Tacos. So it was cool just to rest and honestly just reset with God and just yeah. have some more just like talk time with Him. Yeah, so it was just nice to have the Sabbath. So that was my glow. It's just the fact that our church gives us that time off. You don't really hear that a lot with mm-hmm. church staff being able to get time where Sunday is closed. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that and just to have the space and um, the time and the nice weather. Mm -hmm. It's just been really nice weather during our Sabbath. So it was fun to rest and my grow is that I need to have more Sabbath moments throughout my week. Like Mm -hmm. even though I had a really great time resting, I think that I can have incorporate more times in rest and not just the TV in front of the TV Mm -hmm. rest that's usually my go-to when I'm tired but reading or walking and so my grow is I want to incorporate more moments of just like being able to reset and rejuvenate outside of just screen time because that's Mm. usually where my rest goes yeah
0: that's good Uh, resonates with me for sure (laughs) Uh, my grow I would just say like just having a more um, patient temperament (laughs) I I'm impatient and very much like want things to go according to my plans. Really it probably connects more so to just wanting to be in control. But mm-hmm. I just really want to develop more patience, which honestly I don't even think I have to ask for it because God mm-hmm. is creating a lot of different circumstances mm-hmm. in my life where He's like, Girl, just wait on me. And so um I think yeah, just being reminded of like waiting on his timing instead of trying to rush things according to my own timeline. Mm-hmm. And what I realize is like every time I wait on him, the story's so much better, it's better. anyway. Better. So I don't even know why I'd be down you that, but uh, mm-hmm. here we are. So that's my grow, wanting to be more patient, which feeds into my glow. Mm-hmm. I'm getting promoted again at work, again. which is super exciting. Um, and I'm really excited about the role. And hopefully by the time this episode is out, it's public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just am really excited to see what God is going to do through me. I feel like he's slowly been revealing to me that like it's about – so much more than what I thought it was about. Mm. Like I work in a space where he's like, guess what? I want to put more Jesus up in there. Like, that's Mm. why I'm elevating you to a role that impacts the culture of the organization Mm. because what you value, you're going to bring to the space. Mm, And I'm just like, oh, wow, like this is not a space that would be reflecting Christ otherwise. Mm -hmm. So the opportunity to do that, I just think is going to be so amazing. And Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be a big stretch opportunity, but also one where I'll get to grow and also just get to see like tangible change um, in front of me. So
1: excited about that. Mm, I'm grinning. Mm -hmm. I'm grinning because I love her and I love seeing how God uses you, but you know that. Well, let's go ahead and get into this topic, talking about being challenged in various areas of our life (laughs) because today We're going to talk about a topic where I know for a fact Mm -hmm. fact capital F fact that he that was weird why I say that (laughs) Um, I know for a fact he has stretched because we have complained to each other and challenged us specifically Mm -hmm. uh, with navigating friendships with
0: diverse friends. Mm. And so we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And, you know, Ooh. funny enough, as we were getting ready for this topic, I was like, dang, this is so different from all the other episodes this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've really gotten into like more so like personality traits and styles and approaches to friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this one is taking is zooming out a little bit. It's yeah. taking a little bit more of a community approach um, and just kind of encouraging us to maybe engage with some people that don't look like us, Mm. which can be very, very hard. So um, I think it's just funny, like three years ago, we wouldn't have even had this topic. Like, why would we have talked about it? Um, My friend group was all black. My church community was all black. Literally the only diverse space that I ever would enter was work. And those were all acquaintances, not Mm. actual friendships. Mm -hmm. And so now that I've moved to D.C. and us attending a predominantly white church, like passion, like my world has just opened up to friendships with so many different type of people that don't look like me. So I'm excited to dig into this with you here um, and talk about the complex, but also the healing nature of these types of friendships.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna, when we talk about diversity, I mean, that can mean so many things. We're focusing specifically on like racial and ethnic uh, diversity. But if you have found that your friend group is racially diverse, then I think there are other ways you can look for Mm -hmm. diversity. Like personally, I think it's a problem when believers only have believers who are their friends. Correct. Your friends only believe what you believe. Yeah. To me, that's unhealthy. So if, if racial and ethnic diversity you're like mm-hmm. I got that covered then think about some ways that you can expand your circle in mm-hmm. some other diverse areas so I yeah, wanted to that's good throw that out there so I think to get us started off we should probably jump into our own upbringing and mm-hmm. our own cultural background because I think understanding your culture and your own identity is going to influence how you approach friendships with people who are different yeah and the more secure you are in your identity the more secure you can be in those friendships mm-hmm. so why don't you go ahead and kick us off
0: Yes, yeah, so <clears throat> I am from the Atlanta, the. Georgia, Cascade, Campbellton Road, West End, Swats, what's up, so uh the <laughs> real Atlanta, as they say, Atlanta. but um, my childhood home has been in my family for almost 60 years, mm-hmm. so my father was raised in it, our neighborhood is all black, working class, and most of them are now much older as mm-hmm. well, so growing up, like, church, school, literally every touch point in my life was black, even I remember being wow. young, like, the fact, I think about it now, how actually crazy this is, but like, my doctors and dentists were like black women. Like my services were black, who did my hair was black. Like all of that was black. And so fast forward and around fifth grade, my mom's like, okay, you know, you've gotten a good foundation. I went to charter and private school to start. And then fifth grade, she's like, you gonna go to school with me up in North Atlanta, Mm. completely white, literally like, I'm the only little black girl in some Mm. of the classes kind of white. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, respect that she was trying to expose me to more resources and opportunities, but it was such a shock and the thing about it was it influenced my perspective because then this is a whole like another podcast episode but it made me want to assimilate and mm-hmm. value white spaces more so right. then that is what influenced me to I went to a white high school and then I was like well now I got to go to UGA because I need to go be you know like mm-hmm. so I was it was a little bit like internally oppressive because mm-hmm. I was like well now I got to be a part of these spaces so I went to UGA black populations five percent of 30,000 wow. students um, and ironically, what's so funny about this is like in grade school and college, I still navigated towards all black students. So mm. even though I was in these white spaces by myself, I left them with people that looked like me <laughs> and I've always found that fascinating because I think it truly speaks to like how uncomfortable I was trying to build relationships with people that didn't look like me.
1: Mm There's so much similarity in our stories. So much. Well, I'm from East Point. That's actually zone three. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, And same, like the beginning of my childhood, my whole world was black. Like our church was walking distance. Mm -hmm. We went to Green Bar every Sunday for my brother to get a haircut. Went to SOS, which is like this hole in the wall, Chinese takeout. But everybody was black. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even, I don't even remember seeing white people as a child. Dang. The Chick-fil-A people, like dentists, doctors, Mm -hmm. everybody, our neighbors um so honestly the first 7 years of my life I cannot recall knowing a white person or even seeing a white person. Wow. That's how black our community R- was R- in Atlanta. Atlanta. Um but when my dad passed away, my mom was like, okay, I'm gonna move us out the city to the suburbs, mm-hmm. kind of what your mom is like, I know that you're going to get mm-hmm. more access and better education, which is sad that people have to yes. move their kids, their little black kids to oh, white communities for podcast. quality education. But mm-hmm. it's not a conversation about equity, so we won't do it. But right. uh, once she moved us out there, I actually went to all white private Christian school, which the same was like a culture shock because I'm like... I'm seeing more white people today than I've seen in my first day of school, second grade. (laughs) This is more than I've seen in my whole entire life. Um, and I felt like they're similar to you a little bit. It's like my identity as a black little girl was questioned and critiqued. Mm. And I honestly felt like they taught me to hate my skin and my culture. Like you had to assimilate to survive in that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. And so then I went to a predominantly white middle school and high school in the burbs, But then all of my friend groups were black. Mm-hmm. I had some close white friends who so like my primary hangout, mm-hmm. like we roll together. They were all like black kids. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to college, surrounded myself also with more black people and black culture and learned to really accept and love my blackness. And I think it's interesting now thinking about our stories and where God has brought us mm-hmm. into a white hmm. evangelical church in D.C. You're mm-hmm. just like,
0: you were doing something here, weren't you? Mm hmm yep yep i do think he was up to something Mm -hmm. and i think it's interesting for us to explore how we end up without the diverse friendships Mm -hmm. like so many people listening i feel like probably resonate with our stories or maybe they don't they have completely different stories but that still led to being like, dang, why does my circle look the way that it does? Yeah. I think this topic um, just became really relevant last summer 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, police brutality, murders of black people. I think a ton of non-black people realized, dang, I have nobody around me that I could actually process this with. I right. have nobody I can ask questions with. Or if I do, it's going to be real weird for me to all <laughs> of a sudden reach out while black people are going through an insane amount of trauma as a right. community. right. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, uh, so Mo, can you kind of get into like, why do you think uh, we end up here and we have these one dimensional friendships with people that just only look like us?
1: I think the first reason a lot of us lack diversity in our friendship is comfort. Like, Mm. As humans, we love comfort. We lean towards it and we'll do almost anything to stay in our own comfort zone and avoid discomfort. And pursuing friendships with people who are different from us, racially, (laughs) ethnically, religiously, different classes, that that is uncomfortable uncomfortable. because it takes a tremendous amount of work. And I think it often causes us to pursue and seek friendships um, in our typical circle because, again, that provides a a level of safety in some ways, but Mm. also a level of comfort. And I think a lot of us just don't want to do the work it takes work to be with people who are different from you um it's difficult it's awkward a lot of times it's unnatural the list Mm -hmm. goes on I think that honestly the work and the discomfort prevents us from trying to pursue that friendship um and I think also when you are friends with people who are different from you um racially or ethnically or anything like that like it brings up stuff for you like (laughs) it's challenging it forces you to consider other people's perspective and that is work and it pushes you to be open-minded which again Mm. is more mental work and so um, I think it also can cause us to question, like, our upbringing and our identity and what we've known to to
0: be, quote, mm. right and that
1: work. I think we just be like, no, nah, I'll just hang I'm out with sure. people who are like me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I that's so real.
0: There, and I think that kind of feeds into the second reason, I think, is just, like, a lack of exposure. Like, mm. so many of us really just were a reflection of our communities. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the stories that we told about our childhoods, like, we just were what we saw. Like, Mm -hmm. those were our friends. And I think it's, like, why, what reason would we have to go out of our way to build friendship with different types of people, especially if it's going to challenge us in the way that you just um, mentioned. And I think, like, part of it, too, is the narrative that we received in our families growing Mm -hmm. up about Mm -hmm. people that didn't look like us. Like, for me, it was, like, white people, you need to be cautious around them. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't fully trust them. There was this underlying tone of, like, you may not want to go too deep there because you don't know what could happen. You could get hurt if you befriend someone over there. And I have white friends who it was similar. Mm -hmm. Like the narrative about black people is like, "Mm, you need to be weary of them. Like you just never really know. Um, And so I think that that happens with different communities in our lives. Hispanic communities, AAPI, you get specific narratives about them Mm -hmm. that makes it like, "Mm, they are these people, but they're not people that you actually befriend and build relationships with. Can I just
1: pause right there and say that I think Older generations had to have that mentality for us, for to be safety. safe. Yeah. To be Jim safe. Crow, black people being lynched like that and, Correct. And for that. and we're not saying that's wrong, but I think there's value in recognizing that for our, the older generations, our parents, our grandparents, that was a protective Correct. mechanism that they had to do mm-hmm. to be safe. So yeah. I want to acknowledge that and realize that times have changed, I think, enough for us to reach across yeah. those lines.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, all of that stuff, though, whatever you learn and hear in your community, it sticks with you and it influences the decisions that you make mm-hmm. as an adult about friendships. True. I think, too, like who your parents befriend also influences who you decide to be friends with. True. Like in my case, I'm just thinking about the fact that like so my mom, she ended up working up north. And so because of that, she was like the only black Um, staff member on a teaching staff and I'll never forget this and uh, she had white friends as a result of that there were I remember Mm. she had a little group of ladies that she used to do lunch with every day It was four of them and they became real friends to where like they hung out outside of school she would go to their Christmas parties all those things but what I've always found fascinating which I didn't realize until preparing for this episode They never came to our side. Mm. She would always go to their things. They, they would welcome her in, Mm. but there was a dynamic to where they didn't get invited to our Christmas stuff. Or when my mom was doing cookouts and things like that, Mm. we never see them. And I think that speaks to, because I didn't get to see them in our home in hindsight. I'm like, well, it was a one-sided kind of a friendship. Mm -hmm. Like, I could tell that there was different, there was a something different about the friendships that she had with people that didn't look like her mm-hmm. versus the ones who did, who came to the house and played games and ate right. barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my dad on the most extreme of sides, he has lived, gone to school and worked in the same 10 mile radius all his life wow. in black Atlanta. Wow. I don't even know where he would have met a white person <laughs> to become, like been around someone yeah. long enough to actually be friends with them I don't even know how that would have happened so wow. I just think about those those were my two experiences with parents and mm. what their friendships looked like so as I'm growing up I'm not even seeing something to be able to like work off of right. that would tell me like oh this is okay. You could be friends with people that don't look like you.
1: Mm, That's a good point. I think the third reason many of us lack diversity in our friendship is simply prejudice and biases. Like, Mm. and you touched on this a little bit. I think for me, like I went to a Southern white evangelical private school. And so I am naturally, honestly, like very jaded and biased against white Southern Christians. I'm very skeptical of them. And I just assume they're racist (laughs) because my experience is like most of y'all were racist growing up. Um, and simply because a handful of people I experienced in the late 90s were racist and prejudiced against me does not mean that all white Southern Correct. Christians are, but we can make that generalization based off of a very limited amount of people and a very small experience. Mm-hmm. And we love how Pastor Rick Warren framed uh, generalizations. He says, generalizations are generally wrong yes
0: I love that and he's
1: absolutely right like Mm -hmm. I don't want someone generalizing me based off an experience they've had with someone who may look like me um but I think that all of us do that I think all of us have unconscious bias like we are biased towards people whether we know it consciously or unconsciously Mm -hmm. and to our defense the media and culture doesn't help they do a really good job of perpetuating (laughs) stereotypes and then we believe them because we have nobody in our life that looks differently to help us open up our uh, perspective Mm -hmm. um but I think that a lot of us were raised raised to believe some stereotypes and generalizations that simply are just not true. Mm-hmm. And I think lastly, we live in a world that's just so politically and racially charged. And I think that makes it harder to one want to reach across a racial, racial or ethnic line, or even a different religious group because it's just mm-hmm. such a polarizing time and we're just scared because yeah. we don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that.
0: That is so good. So, so good. So, okay. We've gotten into the how, like, okay, this is how we end up in (laughs) these very, like, non-diverse friendships and relationships, but maybe we can kind of get into, like, how there's some value there and, like, why it is worth it to, as you said, like, reach across those lines. I think one of the first things is, like, you get different perspectives like there's so much to learn from people who don't have the same worldview as you and I think like if they have a different perspective different upbringing a cultural lens like how limiting our lives are when we only have like Mm. my perspective if I only had the black female southern perspective I wouldn't, there's just so much that I would never know or understand about the life and the world around me. So I think like embracing these other perspectives, it reminds us that like, there's not just one right way to do life. Mm -hmm. Like there are many ways to get and become the people that we want to be, Mm -hmm. Uh, multiple approaches and preferences and ideas and like learning about the perspectives of those who don't look like us softens our heart to their experiences. And I think lastly, you know, it allows us to just see God through the lens of other people. People Like, mm-hmm. you know, our close friend Esther is Korean American. So hearing about like how she grew up in Korean church and like about how her culture has had to reconcile with American culture and mm-hmm. like how God has been in the midst of all of her healing yeah. the same way with us in the black community and with some of our other friends. And it's just amazing to see like God is so much bigger than how I see him through my yeah. black female lens. Like right. he's working in all everybody's lives in amazing ways.
1: I love how you use the line like it softens our heart Mm. towards them. That's such a good line because I think about Esther again. I know we were protesting last summer and there was a moment where I was just like, I got to get away. So we just sat on the curb and cried together. Mm. And then when that tragedy happened in Atlanta and it was the other side, we had already had plans. And I was like, I know this has been a really hard day. Like, do you want to spend time together? She was like, yeah. So then we were crying again about, what was happening to her community. And yeah. it just was like, our hearts were already softened because we already had a relationship. Yep. And so it was like what pained her pains me, like yes. what's hurting your culture and your people yes. is hurting me yes. because I love you and yeah. I love your culture and I love your community. But I just love that phrase of like, it softens our heart. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we have a lot of people walking around
0: with hardened hearts towards yes. people. Yes, Because
1: you have no one who's just like loving on you who looks yeah. different from you. Yes,
0: yes. You know, you have no entry point to the culture None. outside of what you have seen, read or heard. But you don't wow. have a tangible example of whatever the quote-unquote other is in your life wow, so you just have all this judgment
1: that's very dangerous it is, the more yeah. we talk about it, i'm like this is actually a bigger deal than i realized. this is this is good wow okay another valuable um Another way that uh, diverse friendships really help us is that it's a safe place to ask questions and learn. And I think for me, I learn by asking questions, but I don't ask questions anywhere I don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. If I feel safe, I'll ask questions and the friendships can provide that safety. Um, But I think there's a few points before we get into this asking questions. That was a big deal. in Summer 2020 black folks are like, don't ask me (laughs) no (laughs) no questions. questions. Um, A few things. Um, You have to establish that friendship before crisis. Come on now. Before crisis, before a tragedy, there has to be, y'all know we love this word, relational equity that helps sustain the relationship through the questions and hard conversations. Don't come to me Mm -hmm. when black people are getting killed and ask my perspective and we have no relationship. I've never talked
0: to you before, baby. Please don't do that.
1: (laughs) Once your group was on the chopping block, now you want to know what can I do better? You should have been working on that before. Yeah. And it feels disingenuous. It feels Mm -hmm. a little bit like you're trying to use my experience to help you learn, but you're not actually invested in who I am and my experiences. That's hurtful. Come on. Please, y'all don't do that. And I think I also add, like, there has to be trust and security and vulnerability to ask questions. And the second advice I would give to anybody who's friends with someone who's different from them is please do your research first and then ask (laughs) questions second. There are so many YouTube videos. There are books. There are so many... (laughs) I resources mean, there's resources out there so don't have someone do the mental and emotional work of teaching and explaining when you're you've been too lazy to do that work for yourself yes
0: so that's good. lazy why lazy. would i put
1: my friend through that because it takes emotional energy to explain my trauma yes. to you yes and my oppression to you so what i can do is do my little work and be like i've been researching this thing and i'm just having a hard time can can yeah, we talk, do you have talk space and time to talk about it mm-hmm. um but again, it helps the safe spaces like these kind of relationships help us to fight our biases, mm. our prejudice, and kind of what you said before, like help us contradict inaccurate thinking about other yes. people. Yeah. Um, And I think when we remain open to learning and asking questions, we increase our cultural competency and also we increase our ability to love other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I was telling you an example of our friend Esther. We were hugging at church and she did like the little church pat. Mm -hmm. And I do like a big embrace. And I was like, girl, why are you patting my back like you don't love me? She's like, oh, in my culture, like patting your back is like a sign of love and affection. I was like, oh, in my culture, the harder I squeeze you, the more I love you. And we both stood back and we're like wow okay look Mm -hmm. at us learning but because we had a relationship she took that opportunity to teach me and explain and I was open to hear and she was open to hear but again that was a safe space to have a conversation and Mm -hmm. then we got to be more culturally competent and love each other better so Mm -hmm. now when she hugs me like that I'm like that's how she's
0: loving me yeah I love that Mm. ah so so good y'all you gotta get some friends that don't look like you please uh I think another way that these relationships really, uh, expand our worldview is like, it helps you to see the beauty yeah. in people who are different. Beautiful. Um, you know, when you have a personal relationship with someone and I think for this one specifically, not even just racial, like mm-hmm. we talked about across religious lines, across mm-hmm. gender, across age, physical difference, mental difference, like it evalu- it elevates your appreciation for their difference. Yeah. Like they're not characterized just by it alone, but they're mm-hmm. humanized right before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I also just love like it creates an appreciation, like a cultural appreciation and heard is not appropriation, Mm -hmm. y'all. Don't do that. But appreciation. Stepping into someone else's life, it just really expands your perception of beauty outside of what you think is beautiful. Like now, you know, ask me any day. Obviously, black people are beautiful in our own amazing unique way mm-hmm. and I can look elsewhere and see beauty because I've actually engaged with people that are different from me that live mm-hmm. different lives I think it's just the aspect of like there's room for more than just your little limited mm-hmm. view like come on the guy that we serve like there's got to be beauty outside of just what we know and see mm-hmm. and so it gives you an opportunity to really see him in that way yeah. and I think lastly <laughs> this one is my favorite like it really opens your eyes to privilege as you mm-hmm. befriend people who are different from you like we all experience experience privilege in some way whether that's based on skin tone gender age weight able-bodiedness like when we diversify our friendships we get humbled in a way Mm. to be able to kind of recognize like where our differences where we can just love on other people better mm-hmm.
1: and how we can leverage our privilege to help other people yes. not complain and be like it's not my fault I was, mm-hmm. okay it's not but i can leverage the power that i do have to Absolutely. lift somebody else up because i love them yep yep period that's
0: real simple I love right them. there very simple that's real simple
1: all right the last one i gotta say it's my favorite the last I way mean, that good. diverse friendships help us is it serves as a witness to the transformative power come on of the holy spirit yes. i'm gonna say that again It serves as a witness Mm. to the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. I was studying in Philippians, um, Mm. just talking about like how when we have diverse friendships, when there is unity, we are showing people there's something different about us. Mm. And it proves that unity is possible and not out of our own strength and will and my ability, but through the fact that God is actively changing my heart to love his children better. Mm. Like it proves that the gospel works. Come on it proves that it works and it makes us look different and it invites all types of people to see that the gospel is truly for everyone. That's good. It's for everyone. That's good. But can Can you imagine, I I just think about why so many people are leaving the church now. It's like it doesn't look any different from the world and it doesn't seem like mm. a loving place where people want to come in. Nope. And it doesn't and not, seem like everybody is welcome there. It doesn't. It and does it's like not. is that working for you? Mm. Is the gospel working in your life if you don't have people who look like you, who mm. you don't have friendships with people who look different from you and you can't love people well who are different from you? Mm.
0: Well why would someone sign up for all this? Right. If they ain't gonna be loving. This club sounds lame. <laughs> it's looking real lame me. It's looking real lame to me. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, the power of the gospel, I love that one. And I think that, honestly, unity is the biggest way that we can show the gospel works. And like, this is befriending people, having more diverse communities, That is an aspect of unity Mm -hmm. and that is a reflection of the gospel. So I think, you know, I love how we've really given people the ability to understand like, okay, that this is worth it, that this is valuable to diversify your circles. But, you know, we can't leave them without the actual practical like, okay, how do I do it? Y'all talking a lot of good game. But like, Mm -hmm. how do we actually make friends with people who don't look like us?
1: I'm about to hit them with something. I hope y'all are bracing yourself because the next two questions I think are heavy hitters. I think you all have to be willing to self-assess your current relationships. Mm -hmm. Like you gotta be, we've been talking about it all season. You have to be willing to ask yourself the hard questions. So Mm -hmm. I got two questions for you. What does my current friend group look like Mm. racially, ethnically, class, religion, different abilities, Mm -hmm. sexuality. Like what do my, what are my friends beliefs, values, political parties? Come on. What do my, what is my friend group? Like take an assessment Two piece. Get in there. Secondly, Do my current relationships reflect the diversity and unity that God has called us to? Mm. Do my relationships reflect how Jesus walked on the earth? He wasn't only friends with people who believed religiously what he believed. Come on. He literally was friends with all types of crazies. Everybody. So it's like, do my current relationships reflect the diversity and unity God has called me to? Mm-hmm. That's the first step. But you got to have an honest conversation about your current friendships. Yes, that's really good, Ooh, Mo. That was a
0: read. <laughs> Once you have that conversation and realize, okay, yes, no, whatever the answer is for your life, like, okay, if you realize maybe you need to change some things, then initiate. Come on. Like, be in environments where you are the minority. Mm. And I know that can sound triggering if you are used to being the minority. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think that... There's a way that we can still honor and celebrate our identity. We call that safe space, where we're mm-hmm. in spaces that are for. Whatever our identity is Mm -hmm. You know for us Like four black people four black women Mm -hmm. That's our safe space But look for brave space Space that pushes you To be courageous To have Mm -hmm. difficult conversations And to work across difference Mm -hmm. I think you know Just simply take interest In other people Like when you If it's somebody at work You feel like okay Maybe this could be a thing Like ask them to go to coffee Like hey girl You want to get lunch together What's up bro Like maybe we can do dinner together Something Mm -hmm. like that You know I think one thing That I really learned Coming from passion it's like go into people's homes and invite mm. them into yours like yeah. one of the first things that Toby did was just like hey girl I would love to hang out with you she was like my place or yours nobody had ever across difference been like do you mm. want to come to my home or like should I come to yours mm-hmm. it would be like oh let's go to dinner let's go do this but there's something about being in somebody's yeah. space mm-hmm. that changes things we cooked a meal together and that was the first time I'd ever hung out with a white person in that capacity oh, literally wow. my very first time was hanging out with Toby I'm when like when was that
1: last 20 20, 20. This would have been 19. 18
0: now. Mm-hmm. This was towards the end of 18 before Friendsgiving. So, like, just wow. that just was crazy to me. It might have been 19, actually. Yeah, before 20. But anyway, so invite people into your homes, um go into theirs, obviously, being safe, you know, use wisdom, discernment, yeah, all the things. But well. at the end of the day, just try. Like, mm-hmm. literally, just try.
1: Just try. And I think what's funny is that in this racially. We talked about this. It's a politically charged role. Everyone's like, what do I do? What can I do? And one of them, a pastor who spoke at our church was like, this is what you do. You want to change the world and change how things are going. Go into your bedroom, draw an imaginary circle Mm -hmm. and say, God, start here. Yeah. Pastor. You can start mm -hmm, Mm during, you can start in the circle that you're in. If you want to see change in the world, you can start by loving the people who were in your circle Mm -hmm. and love we want to do these. And there still has to be policy change and we're not negating the different systematic changes, but you can start in a personal change Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. We can all do that. Start where you okay. are. Okay. The last thing, y'all, is you got to be open to who God sends. <laughs> <says. This laughs> that's one's a good hard.
0: One. That's a good one.
1: We can be so p- picky, and we can have preferences, and that's okay. Like I still, I still honestly prefer to be in an all black space, mm-hmm. but I still see a lot of freedom and joy in being in spaces Absolutely. where people are different from me. So there's okay to have a preference, but I can't let that preference close me off from loving the people that God has sent me. Yeah. I can't let it close me off to being open to engaging with them and loving them well. So whether they look like you or not. Whether they're what you expected God to send you or not, you can love them well. So let's steward who God has placed
0: in our lives well. Mm, I love that, Mo. This episode really snapped. It ended up being a lot deeper than I expected Mm -hmm. it to be. But I hope that uh, this was good for y'all because... I mean, I feel blessed and encouraged and all the Mm -hmm. things. So y'all be sure to hit us up on IG at Rooted Life Podcast. If you're listening right now, go ahead and take a screenshot, post it, let us know what y'all thought about this episode.
1: Yep. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, rate us five stars and tell us something you loved about the episode.
0: Yes. This episode, we want to shout out a listener by the username De La Soul, who said the inconsistent Friends episode read her (laughs) life. Well, us too, girl. Welcome to a day in the life with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) All right, Rooted fam. We love y'all. We will see y'all next episode. Y'all stay rooted.